Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, this is Shep Hyken, and welcome back to Amazing Business Radio. We have another amazing episode coming up. And we're going to be interviewing Patrick Campbell, who is the co-founder and CEO of ProfitWell. And their company is about um, software for the subscription industry. Now, it's very interesting, this whole concept of subscription industry or subscription model. And I will share with you that I have had a number of people asking me questions since I've uh, I used the concept of subscription is one of the six principles in the convenience principle. So... Uh, we always start off with a question that our audience members have asked. By the way, if you want me to answer your question, just go to Twitter, use my handle, at Hyken, H-Y-K-E-N, and make sure you include the hashtag, AskShep. And by the way, if you want to go on Facebook or Instagram, uh, just make sure you use that hashtag, AskShep, and tag me uh, with my name, and, and we'll be there. Believe me, we'll be answering your questions. So this is a more of a general question about the concept of the subscription model. Um, the basic question I get is, I don't understand how my business can be a subscription model type of business. Well, I'm just going to throw out a few examples. Did you ever think that dog food could be sold as a subscription? We're talking not about newspapers and magazines and publications like in the years gone by where you would just subscribe to something annually or sometimes monthly. We're talking about tangible products now rather than being sold in the traditional retail way or any type of business you have, it B2B or B2C. We're talking about uh, creating a plan so that the customer can pay on a regular ongoing basis rather than actually uh, make one purchase one at a time. And this is a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get into this as I talk with Patrick, but this is a beautiful thing for for companies because it creates this ongoing revenue uh, stream if it's a monthly revenue stream or an annual stream. And, and they just have to keep uh, a great product going. I, one of my favorite uh, subscriptions, I'm part of the Dollar Shave Club. You probably heard me talk about this in the past. I pay a monthly fee. Uh, it could be as low as $4 a month, but I choose to have the nicer razor blade, so I pay a few dollars more than that. And uh, every month, like clockwork, I get an email confirming uh, that my my razor blades are going out and they asked, do you want me to add anything into the box? Uh, so, hey, now this is an extra incremental sale, such as a, uh, um, you know, more shaving cream or some type of moisturizer for an aftershave, that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, they're getting that too, in addition to the ongoing, almost guaranteed, as long as they make me happy and as long as I keep shaving, I'm going to you know, continue my membership of the Dollar Shave Club. Um, the uh, I just recently worked with a great group of car dealerships over in Australia, and we talked about the subscription model for cars. And we've talked about this on the show as well, where companies are realizing, you know, people don't always need to own something, uh, a car. Why not subscribe to a car? Now, this is different than renting a car, although I guess rental is kind of a, a one-time or one-week type of thing. This is actually subscribing to the car. Uh, the nice thing about the models that are out there for the car manufacturers that are trying this out is they're month-to-month. -month. You don't own the car. You don't do the maintenance on the car. You just 
subscribe to the car. So, for example, Porsche has different levels of subscription. If I decide to go in at the highest level, which I believe is about $3,000 a month, I can drive just about any Porsche they have. And I can switch to a different model if I want to change up four days later and go to a convertible one day and then maybe the you know four-door sedan the next uh, week and maybe the week after that I want the you know SUV that they have so uh, Porsche has figured out uh, how to create a subscription model around cars even my business you know years ago I always thought hey I am a customer service and and an experience expert companies hire me to go and speak how can I turn that into a subscription model and you know, I wrote a book. Will they buy a book? Sure, they'll buy a book. Uh, I created a training product. They would buy a training product. But then I thought, uh, with the help of, of the people that I work with, with my training product, why not turn that into a monthly fee rather than just a one-time purchase or an annual fee? So we have plenty of our clients that are using our, our, uh, our online training on a monthly basis where they just pay a monthly fee and they subscribe to it. It's a pretty cool idea. So I think just about any business can create some type of ongoing subscription type revenue. And we need to be thinking about that because a couple of reasons why. What does this have to do with customer service and experience? Well, you know what? For the customer, it's just easier sometimes. They don't have to think about it. It just they're charged for it on a monthly basis or an annual basis, and they get whatever it is that the company is selling. It's that easy. Chewy.com, the dog food company, or actually the pet supply company, and I've talked about this one a lot before. But you know what? Sometimes you need to hear it again and again and again uh, in order for it to sink in. But if I wanted to go to the grocery store or the pet supply store and buy my big 50-pound bag of dog food and take it from the store to my car, drive it home, take it out of my car, take it into the house, what if every month it just automatically showed up to my doorstep? Every month. costs about the same, but it gets delivered to my doorstep. I don't have to think about it anymore. It just happens. Amazon is getting into the subscription model. Sure, Prime is a subscription model where you subscribe to Prime, but also if you've got products that you're using on an ongoing basis, Amazon now has a program that you can just subscribe to those, uh, those products and they just automatically show up. It's easy for the customer, and that's part of why the convenience revolution is so important because it's all about being easy and simple for the customer. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Patrick Campbell about his ideas on the subscription model as well as I have some notes of what he really wanted to talk about, and that is how obsessed his company is with the customer and what we can learn from that. So this is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken.
We are back on Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because we're talking with Patrick Campbell. Patrick's company is ProfitWell, and the best way to describe it is that they create software for companies that want to get into the subscription model. They help them uh, analyze what's working, what's not working, how to increase customer uh, support, and give them great customer service. And I know that Patrick is customer-obsessed, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So, Patrick, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm probably a little too customer-obsessed here. That's why I was probably running a little late to our interview here. So pumped to to chat about subscriptions, customers, and everything in between. Well, I'm very excited about the whole subscription model. I just wrote a book. Everybody who listens to the show knows it. It's called The Convenience Revolution, and the fourth principle of the six principles of convenience is creating a subscription model because it does two things. Uh, Number one, it's a predictive model for the customer. They know they're going to get something at a certain time or they know they're going to be charged for something at a certain time. And it's, it's just consistent. It's predictable. It's easy. Nothing to it. And uh, for the company, it's an opportunity to have this recurring revenue that just every month or annually just seems to come in uh, like clockwork. And if a company does a great job and they're customer obsessed and the customer needs whatever it is the company sells, well, that customer is not going to leave that business. So uh, let's start, gosh, let's just start with uh, real briefly what ProfitWell does and why this subscription model is something that any company should be looking at. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the I, I liked what you just said there about you know how important it is both for the customer and the advantages, but also the company. And I would take that one step further, or, or maybe kind of a summation. I think that when you think about subscriptions, and if you think about how we've purchased products for you know thousands of years at this point, we've been on a journey to get closer and closer to the customer as a business in terms of the relationship. So what I mean by that is, you know, back in the day we were, you know, trading goats for wheat or, you know, actually bartering, <laughs> you know, in some sort of bazaar, right? And that was like really hard for customers because, you know, there's all this information asymmetry. You couldn't really build a relationship with a lot of people because you had to get a lot of stuff and trade and all kinds of stuff. And then it was the general store where, you know, you hoped that, you know, that general store had the stuff that you wanted and then it was massive retail where you know the, the business was just hoping that you would come in every single month or every single week to get that box of cereal or whatever you were purchasing. But now that subscription, what I love about it is it ties that relationship directly into how you make money. So rather than me you know, selling you something and then hoping you come back or hoping you have a good relationship with me, this model puts the relationship front and center where you and I are tied together if I was selling you a subscription. And then from there, what ends up happening is if I'm providing you value as the business, you keep coming back and you keep basically, you know, that subscription going. And if all of a sudden I mess up, all of a sudden you're going to cancel or you're going to churn from that subscription product because I wasn't living up to my side of the relationship. And so that relationship factor, I think, is, is huge. And, and what we do at ProfitWell is basically we provide analytics where we can plug into a company that's selling subscriptions, their billing system, and then based on that, um, we can give them all types of analytics about their customers, their financials, et cetera. And we give that away for free 
uh, mainly because it helps us build that relationship with our customers. And then we sell products that basically help them fix different, you know, points or different pieces of their business, like their pricing, as well as their cancellations and their churn with those customers. And so at this point, what's kind of cool is we actually have about 20 to 25% of the entire subscription market using one or more of our products. And so we've learned a lot about subscriptions and, and we're clearly probably a little biased as to why it's such a, such a great business model for a lot of businesses. Well, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, then. I guess I'm biased as well because as I look at what the future of business looks like for any type of business, and I and I think there's probably people out there going, I'm not going to listen to this episode. Please don't turn it off yet till you hear what I'm about to say, okay, because you're thinking, <laughs> I don't need a subscription model. I can't do that in my business. Come on, come on, come on. And I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, what did I do yesterday? Well, I was thinking about going to the ice rink to play hockey with my buddies subscription model for an ice rink what would that be oh why don't i pay a monthly or annual fee and i get to skate at the same time every week with my hockey buddies you know we own that ice because we subscribe to that ice how about a, a car and i've talked about this before you can now subscribe to a car you don't own it you don't lease it it's month to month and you can uh, with mm. some of these dealerships uh, and brands uh, like porsche and their passport program for several thousand dollars by the way I have the different levels but if i buy into the highest level i can drive any porsche i want for that month that i'm subscribing to it and i'm not responsible for maintenance anything i'm just responsible for paying that subscription fee um so uh gosh uh, chewy Com. They're making a great run yeah. at the uh, pet food industry. Uh, and, of course, Microsoft. Um, you know, I no longer buy a box of software. I pay a monthly fee, which, by the way, is, is, is reasonable. And, it, you know, and I, we'll, we'll talk about Microsoft in a little while. I don't want to monopolize the time. But every type of business. And, of course, your traditional, oh, I subscribe to the newspaper. And I think most people think subscription is a publication. But it's so much more than that today. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, uh, any thoughts on that before I start talking about, you know, your obsession with the customer? Because I know that as I received notice about what we wanted to talk about today, that was at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think subscription, like there's, a lot of people think about it because there's, there's, there's subscription pain sometimes, right? Where, you know, well, I was always buying this, you know, differently and now I have to buy it as a subscription, you know, and some people get annoyed by that. But I think that for most, for most businesses, like one of my favorite examples is a uh, Husqvarna, which makes oh, yeah. um, a bunch of like lawn equipment yep. and, you know, hedge trimmers and things like right. that. Hedge and trimmers, blowers, uh, totally. know, chainsaws, Husqvarna chainsaw is one of the best. Totally. And, and growing up in Wisconsin, you know, we, we, we bought like the weed whacker. Um, we bought like the hedge trimmers. We only use them three to four months out of the year. And some of the equipment we use twice a year at max, right? Mm -hmm. And we could, you know, rent it, right? But then rentals get into weird agreements and things like that. But Husqvarna, what they've done is they've actually kind of changed their model and they do kind of like a subscription model now for a lot of their, their products so that, you know, when you're, you know, using it just during the summer, you don't have to actually put all of the upfront costs into buying something. Um, you can kind of keep it going. And so there, there are a lot of advantages to consumers. And when you get into software, all of a sudden it's like, oh, all of the bug fixes and all of the updates continually happening. And so I think it's one of those things where it's, it's, it is the future. And I think it's, you know, one of those things because of the, the relationship with the customer that it's just so powerful. It makes it, you know, I, to, back to Husqvarna, Husqvarna, 
Husqvarna. <laughs> That's a hard, hard one. I to got say. trouble with that yeah. one too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but think about it. I mean, if I remember, uh, you know, we live in a condo now, but when we had our home, I used that big, huge leaf blower. I used it twice a year mm. to clean out the beds in the uh, in the springtime, and you know, maybe I used it a little bit. Uh, throughout the summer or but at the end of the year when the, all the leaves or at the end of the season when all the leaves fell and fall then I used it again and if you're telling me I don't have to pay for uh, a huge piece of equipment all at once and by the way I had a big lawn and I it was huge I could blow those leaves two three blocks from my lawn my neighbors hated me for that I had the biggest leaf blower i just loved it it was fun <laughs> anyway uh but no if i had an opportunity and you can look at it as it's kind of a payment plan well maybe it is maybe it isn't um years ago i was working with an ace hardware store and i said you know you want to you want to get people to come in on a regular basis but you want to make sure they don't forget what they need on a regular basis those you know air conditioning and furnace filters that they are supposed to replace every six months what if you got a credit card number and an address and just automatically sent it to them every six months and they wouldn't have to think about mm. it anymore? That's a subscription yeah. model. And, uh, you know, the, this, you, you mentioned, you know, some there's pain. So Microsoft, let's talk about them for a moment. And, and I'm going to tell you my story, and then I'd love your feedback on it, and then we'll get into the customer sure. obsession thing. So used to be I bought a box of software, and it had the DVD or the, I guess, the discs in it from before, whatever it was. And I would pay several hundred dollars for this box of software for Word and Excel and PowerPoint all in their Microsoft package, right? And then they would tell me, it's another year, we have an update. And I'm thinking, yeah, but this one's working just fine, okay? I don't yeah. buy it again. And then they say, yeah, we have another update a year later. Well, this one's still working fine. And by the way, uh, the way this works, I can use it on, on two or three computers at a time. So I've got you know, my, my assistant using it. I'm using it. And I'm not going to keep buying it. So three, four years go by before I finally break down and buy the new one. Well, today, Microsoft has their 365 program. I pay a minimal amount for a subscription for five users, which covers everybody in my office. We have five people. And then um, it's perfect. Uh, it's very low priced. It's actually at the end of a year, less than I would have paid for the box. And I get all the updates. And I don't even think about it anymore. It's just automatic and it's perfect. So that's what I love about Microsoft and, and how they've changed their model. Is that what really, I mean, is that a good example of how it's going today? Yeah, I think it's a great example because it, it, it kind of lowers the barrier to entry, if you will, uh, for a lot of products. And in addition to that, while it's lowering that barrier to entry, it also allows you to basically get like the, the thing that Microsoft is doing now and Adobe and a bunch of other products have done is you get all of those updates and you get all of those those additional pieces uh, to the product as they add new features, as they fix bugs and things like that. And you don't have to you know, necessarily worry about, you know, as many updates over time with like bug fixes and things like that. And so I think that's a perfect example. And yeah, Microsoft got a little bit of flack because change is hard for people. But it was one of those things that they, they got over that pretty quickly when people started seeing the benefits. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, at first I thought about it. Oh, do I, you know, and by the way, a lot of software companies are are doing a software as a service. Uh, I use Adobe on a monthly basis. I use 
several different software packages that I pay for a monthly subscription. I find it to be far less expensive. It spreads out payments. It's automatic. I don't have to think about it because it just happens on my credit card and seamlessly I'm upgraded as needed. Anyway, we're talking a lot about the subscription model. I want to talk about customer obsession and what you're doing in that area. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a real quick break. So everybody, don't go away. We're talking with Patrick Campbell, who is the co-founder and CEO of ProfitWell. We've been talking about the subscription model, but when we come back, we're going to talk about how you become customer obsessed. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. So, Patrick, why do you need to be customer obsessed? Yeah, that's a great question. I think customer obsession, it, it didn't actually matter a longer time ago. Um, and I think it was important in the companies that were customer obsessed were more successful. But what's happened in the past, you know, 10 to 15 years, um, and, you know, 20 years, if you really look at, you know, the grand scheme of things is that it's been easier and easier to build a business. Um, it used to be really difficult. Like if you're building something in technology, it was very expensive because you needed to have these things called server rooms and server racks and things like that. But even if you were going to build, you know, a, a website, it took a long time and a lot of money. And now today it's, it's so easy to kind of build a business or start a business, but there's just a lot of stuff out there. Um, everyone's advertising, everyone's doing marketing. Uh, there's a lot of competition for similar products. We actually found that, you know, if you were starting a business about five, six years ago, the average number of competitors that you would have in, in your first year of business would be about three. And today that number has gone to about 12. So when you are start you, a business Are you talking today, like on average or is it a particular industry? Nope, on average across, like basically across the board. Okay. Um, and this is in the subscription market at least. But um, yeah, we, we don't have necessarily the data for, for like every business out mm-hmm. there. So I should, that's a good question there. But it's one of those things where that trend has basically made it where it's, it's harder to grow a business. It's harder to like get those customers. Now you can get the first couple of customers, but to actually scale and actually grow, it takes a lot more effort and a lot more work. And so I think because of that density that's happened, we find that those cust- those companies that get closer and closer to that customer are the ones that are winning. And to get closer to the customer, you know, you can do that with the subscription model like we talked about, but you also need to understand what do those customers want? What do they need? What are they looking for? What do they value? And the best way to do that is actually talk to your customers um, and do research on your customers and thereby doing that, you can understand them more and you can offer the right messaging. You can offer the right product which means they'll purchase the product more easily, they'll keep coming back more easily, and ultimately it'll make your business um, grow in a much, much easier fashion than just trying to kind of guess and check your way to success, which a lot of us end up doing or a lot of us used to do because you know we had the luxury of time because there just wasn't as much competition. Yeah, yeah. So 
I, this all sounds great, and in order to make this happen, you have to have everybody on board. And mm. how do you do that? How do you create that culture? That's probably the hardest part because depending I, it's a on hard the type question. Of I did that to you on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Making me sweat over here, huh? Yeah. No, it's one of those things where it's a good question, though, because I think that a lot of folks who you know have been building companies for years, it's it's you know the the thing that they've always done is they've kind of you know looked at things, maybe did a little bit of research, and then just put something out there. And you could have some moderate success because the world was a little bit slower than it is today. And today, I think if you don't have everyone on board, it, it causes a lot of friction internally, and it just makes it really complicated to grow. And so. What I recommend doing is, is one, find people who are at your company and that you want to hire that are pretty obsessed with, with this, the pursuit of truth. And what I mean by that is it, it doesn't mean that they're right, doesn't mean that they're wrong, but people who are always curious and always going after trying to figure out what the answer is. Uh, because those types of people, they, they tend to be less arrogant, they tend to be less, you know, kind of stubborn, um, and they have really strong opinions, but they're loosely held, and, and those opinions um, loosen up when they find new data or find new information. Um, so the first thing is really hiring. I think the second thing is you really have to make it part of the culture. So on a weekly basis or even on a daily basis, if, if you're large enough, everyone should be sharing on some level, hey, this is what we learned this week about our customer, or here's mm -hmm. some interesting feedback we had. And what that does is it makes it kind of just permeate throughout the company, and you start to get to a point where you can start to learn, well, that's good feedback, but maybe that's not quite in our mission, so we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do anything with that feedback. Or, oh, that's really good feedback. I didn't even realize that that was a problem and that's in our mission. We're absolutely going to act. And I think when you can get the right people, which is a huge task, don't get me wrong, and you can make sure that it's just part of the culture and something that's just consistently happening, then all of the tactical things kind of follow with, hey, make sure you're doing research, make sure you're doing customer development calls, make sure you're doing some surveys, make sure you're you know, maybe buying some market research. Um, all of those things help, but if you don't have that culture right, as you alluded to, then you're, you're not necessarily going to, to, to be successful with, with the customer obsession. Right, right. I, all of those have to be in place. You know, I think as you talked about the type of person you wanted to hire and hire right, boy, that sounds, oh, that sounds easy. I'll just hire the right people. It's not easy to find the right <laughs> yeah. people. That's a really difficult part of it all is getting totally. the right people. <laughs> so Yeah, and I think what yeah, I think what we've started to do, the the one if I had to give you one thing on hiring, and I think we um we we made this mistake many times, but uh I think that we started to move from a place of Oh, we want to hire, you know, we'll, we'll take anyone and everyone because that's, you know, that we just need people who are, you know, underwater here mm -hmm. to a place of our default is no, right? And it doesn't mean like you're a jerk or something like that in the hiring process. It just means that like you start your default as, hey, we're going to, we're, we're more apt to not hire someone than to hire someone because just that mindset makes you a lot more protective and makes you understand like, hey, we need to be more choosy than not in terms of where we go and find, you know, those people and who we let into the company. Yeah, I worked with a uh, client and actually uh, interviewed them quite a while ago. One of the concepts was uh, they only hire about two and a half percent of the applicants that they, mm. you know, and so that means uh, if they need somebody, they're looking at 100 people and they're only going to hire two or three of those people. 
Um, and yeah. that means they're pretty choosy. And I think that's really important. Worked with another client that uh, they were in the medical uh, hospital world and they were looking for good nurses and good nurses to them meant not just good skilled nurses but also the right personality and when they couldn't find it they actually shut down half of a floor because they couldn't staff properly i don't know how many companies are willing to shut down part of their business to ensure that their customers get the right experience with everybody as opposed to you know diluting with somebody because if you have a hundred people in your company and it could be a million people but if you have a hundred people and only one of them is bad. 99 of them are rock stars, but one isn't because you made a bad hire. If I'm the customer and I happen to call and talk to that person that day, guess what I think of the other 99 rock stars? I'm thinking mediocrity at best, unhappy with this one person. That's the way all of the people are. And it is, that's why it's so important to recognize that whoever you hire is a reflection of everyone else in the entire brand. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that's where you get, you know, cliches that are true around, hey, when you you know, when you hire people who are below the threshold that they should be, it starts to bring down the rest of the team for a whole host of reasons. Um, mainly because there's there's, you know, subconscious or conscious resentment. Um, there people are wondering, well, why am I, you know, busting my butt to be successful and this person's not as not as good and all those types of things. So, yeah, I would say if you would have told me when I started the company, um, we're about 60, 65 people now, but if you would have told me that hiring and culture were going to be the things that made or break the company, I probably would have laughed at you. I thought it would have been product. I thought it would have been marketing. I thought it would have been something else. But now today it's like, oh my God, that's everything. You know, all of that because your company becomes the product, the building that you have to really kind of buttress and have to build out properly you know, more so than the actual thing that you're selling in a lot of cases. All right, so that is a tweetable line. Your company becomes the product. In other words, the people in the company become the product because they're a total ref- reflection of the entire experience the customer has. So powerful, powerful words. All right, we are getting down to the end here, and I always do the one thing question, and that is what one thing, what nugget do you want to leave with us and our listeners so uh, they walk away going, yeah, yeah, that was good. I can use that. I can do that. What would you say that one thing is? Yeah, I almost I almost don't want to say it because we talk so much about it, but I think the thing is, is whoever gets closest to the customer wins, and you have to get close to that customer in knowing what they're thinking, knowing what they love, knowing what they hate, having the communication there, um, and just really making sure you get closer and closer to that customer because inevitably, as there's getting more options, as it's getting harder and harder to acquire customers because everyone's doing the different growth tactics, that person who understands that customer better than anyone else is the one that's going to succeed. Amen to that. So we have talked about the subscription model. So everyone listening, if you're not currently uh, involved in, in thinking about it, if you're not actually doing it you're, you're, and you're not thinking about it, you need to be thinking about it because it is a major force that's hitting the business world today. We talked about the subscription model. We talked about customer obsession. We talked about culture. We talked about hiring. And you just gave us some great thoughts on, uh, on your, your final comment. Patrick, this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. That wraps it up. Another interview. We'll have another one next week on Amazing Business Radio. So until then, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.